welcome to episode number 14 of Travels with Squeaky. Travels with Squeaky is a podcast for solo women RVers, campers, and van lifers, and I'm your host, Kathy Belge. Are you RV curious? Do you have questions about getting started in RV or van travel? If so, I'd like to invite you to join us this Sunday for a one-hour introduction to RV travel class for solo women Sunday, October 17th, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Some of the topics we'll be covering are the different types of RVs and why you might choose one over the other, whether you should rent or buy, and the best places to do both, facing fears and safety issues, where to camp, some of my favorite apps, and much more. The class is limited to 10 people, so go sign up now at travelswithsqueaky.com. So in this episode of Travels with Squeaky, I wanted to talk about something a little different. Normally I have guests on here and I interview them, but this week I wanted to chat a bit about a recent trip that I took as a solo traveler. One of my favorite things to do is to see live music. And when I first got Squeaky, I imagined a big part of my adventures would be traveling to music festivals and things like that. Uh, But due to COVID and some other factors, that hadn't really happened for me until this weekend. I had the opportunity to attend the Sisters Folk Festival in Sisters, Oregon. Uh, The Folk Festival is something I had been thinking about for years. I just never got it together to attend. And um, this year when we had that little moment where we thought COVID was over and travel was going to be free, I went and I signed up to be a volunteer at the Folk Festival. I was super excited because some of my favorite singers were going to be there, Mary Gaucher and Ruthie Foster. And also I knew that going to something like this, you're going to hear new favorites that, that you will enjoy. And indeed, that is what happened for me. Um, you know, I've never really, um, done anything like this as a solo person. I've never actually even gone to a concert by myself. So this was kind of a big leap, even though I have been traveling solo, going to an event as a solo is a bit different. And I figured that volunteering would be a great way to sort of dip my toes into something like this. You know, it'd give me an opportunity to meet other people while I was doing my work shift and also give me a little bit of purpose and structure so that I wouldn't just feel like I was kind of wandering aimlessly around. Um, So when I signed up, uh, there was a lot of different opportunities that I could have signed up for, but I decided I wanted to be a bike valet to help out with bike parking. Um, And with just two volunteer shifts, I would earn a free festival pass. Well, signing up to volunteer was pretty easy. I don't know if it was because of COVID or whatnot, but I didn't have any problem getting accepted to be a volunteer and signing up for the slots that I was interested in. Um, However, the thing that was a bit harder was finding a campsite. Um, Sisters is a small town. It's about three hours outside of Portland And um, there is a great campground within the city limits, but of course that was booked up months in advance before this festival. I have some friends who recently purchased some property just outside of Sisters, and I reached out to them to see if perhaps I could park my van 
on their land. However, because their property wasn't developed yet, they weren't allowed to bring in any kind of RVs or anything like that for their homeowners association. So I wasn't sure what I was going to do. The city itself, um, well, it's kind of a, it's a town actually, but they have pretty strict ordinance around people sleeping in their vans on the street. And I believe this is because in previous years, there's kind of been a problem with it. Just so many people in their RVs and vans just taking up the street parking and, and camping out for the whole weekend. So they don't really allow that anymore. Um, but I did end up uh, reaching out to some people on a app that I joined called Boondockers Welcome. And Boondockers Welcome is a site that actually just this literally like while I was away at Sisters changed their format. They're now part of the Harvest Hosts, which I'm also a member of. But the Boondockers Welcome and Harvest Hosts, they kind of operate in the same way where if somebody has a piece of land, Boondockers Welcome is individuals, Harvest Hosts is for business. You can reach out and they will let you stay on their property, usually for no charge. The businesses that do expect you to make a purchase, but individuals just do it primarily because they are RV travelers themselves and want to offer this, this out to other RV travelers. So I reached out to this couple that lives in Sisters and they agreed to host me for the weekend and I was all set. Um, the only issue was that they live about six miles outside of town. And at first I was thinking I could just ride my bike back and forth every day to the festival. Um, but the more I thought about it, I realized this festival is taking place first weekend in October. It's going to be dark. The shows are going to be going on late. And I started to get a little bit anxious about how all that was going to work out for me. Um, so just about a month before the festival was to begin, I went. I just went online to see if they had posted the music schedule yet and whatnot. And while I was there, I noticed they had opened up some camping in town. One of the local churches had opened up their parking lot for RVers. Um, it, it cost $100 for the whole weekend, but to me that just seemed like such a great deal because it was going to be within walking distance of everything. So I quickly signed up for that. And I was super glad that that became available as an option because it actually really made the festival for me. And I'll talk a little bit about more, more about that in a minute. So I actually did end up spending one night at the Boondockers Welcome because I wanted to get up, uh, up into town a, a day early. Like I said, it's about three hours from Portland to Sisters, and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't rushing or anything like that. And I'm really glad I did do that because uh, the area between Portland and Sisters is one of the areas in Oregon that was rich, recently affected by those horrific wildfires that we had last year. And due to all the new construction and rebuilding and log clear up that's going on in that area, there was, there's quite a few delays. So it took a bit longer than three hours to get there. Um, but anyway, I did end up at this boondockers welcome, which was my first time doing anything like that. And it turned out to be really wonderful. I was only there, you know, not that many hours. I arrived just as the sun was setting the hosts, they came out and they greeted me with a packet of information about, 
about sisters and actually one of the um one of the uh pamphlets they had was a guide to the folk festival so i was able to sit in my van that night and read read about all the different artists i knew about the ones that i was planning to see but i got to sit down and circle the different artists that i knew that i might want to check out who i hadn't heard of before one of the cool things about the sisters folk festival is that they have i think eight different stages and the artists don't perform just one time. They'll be performing different times on different stages throughout the weekend. So you have opportunity to see your favorite performer perform more than once, or if you miss them, you one night you can check them out probably the next afternoon at a different venue. And I really enjoy that about this festival. I should note that um, I did leave Olive at home for this trip. As I've talked about on my blog, Olive is my dog and she's gotten to be quite old and it really isn't traveling that well anymore. And besides bringing her to a festival like this really wouldn't be a good, good experience for her, even if she was young and well. Um, but I did bring my kitten. I got a new kitten and I brought Tucker with me and it turned out to be a great experience. So I spent a really peaceful first night in the driveway of the Boondockers Welcome, just outside of town, and ended up getting up fairly early, like nine o'clock, uh, because I wanted to get to the parking lot early and get a good spot. So when I arrived, um, I met the volunteers who were taking care of the parking lot, helping, helping all the people that were camping there find a good spot and make sure they knew the rules and that kind of stuff. And when I pulled in, I asked for a shady spot because I was traveling with my cat and they were like, well, here, come park, you know, right next to us. There's a tree right here. We get good shade. And, um, and so that's what I did. And it was really awesome because throughout the weekend, we just got to know each other more and more. Um, camping in this church parking lot right in town turned out to be probably the best thing about the festival for me one of the best things because it was almost like being at a campground you had other people that were around you you each had your own space but we were all there for the same purpose we were all there to see the music and so we had something immediately in common something to talk about a way to get to know each other talk about what groups we were interested in seeing sharing with each other, telling each other like what we were going to do that night. And it, it turned out to be just like, you know, each morning when I was having my coffee, I would take Tucker and I'd put her on her leash and let her run around a little bit in the, in the grassy area right by my RV. And they would come out to, um, and we would just chat, you know, what, what are we going to see today? What did we see the night before? Who did we like? and that kind of stuff. And so it was really nice to just feel like there was a little community. There was also another couple just across the way. Um, and I'm gonna add here that having a kitten is a great way to meet people when you're camping. You know, people are, is that a kitten? Like they come up and, you know, Bob and, um, Bob and Mary were, had recently lost a cat and I think Mary wanted a new one and Bob was resistant. And so they were, they were kind of pleased to see me with a cat and traveling because I think the fact that they like to travel in their Airstream was one of the ideas where they were thinking maybe they wouldn't be able to get a cat. So 
So that was pretty nice. And it was also just great to have her there uh, for me because she's such a delight. She was having so much fun. I would just sit outside for probably an hour in the morning with my coffee. And she has, I got a little flexible leash for her and she has her harness. And she was just tearing around through the grass, chasing bugs, digging holes, like just being a super, super cute kitten and just cracking me up and just making me feel like I had a little companion there with me. You know, I wasn't all alone. So that was really great. So Sisters is a pretty small town. You can walk from one end to the other in probably 20 minutes. And like I said, there was like seven or eight different venues. They were, everyone was outside. They were all um, under tents. And everyone attending had to show proof of vaccination. Volunteers and attendees had to show proof of vaccination. As well as they asked people to wear masks if you couldn't keep a distance of more than three feet. So even though it was COVID, I felt a little safe, but not entirely safe because there was just so many people there, you know, even though we were trying to keep a three foot distance, it is sometimes hard to do. Since I didn't have a volunteer shift on Friday and the music didn't start until later, I spent most of the day exploring the town. I actually put Tucker in a backpack and we walked around, we went down to the town center. I let her out on her leash and she just played around and met some people. Then I brought her back and went for a little bike ride by myself and got some takeout food, did a little shopping at a thrift store in town um, and just kind of explored a little bit and, and kind of played tourist, which was actually pretty fun to do. It's something I haven't really done a lot. And uh, so Friday night, the music began and I planned to spend the whole night at just one venue at the Village Green. The first act was somebody I'd never heard of. His name was Willie Porter. He was kind of this old school folk guy, told a lot of stories, just him up there and his guitar. And I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, the next act was one of the people who I did come to see specifically. Her name was her name's Mary Gaucher. I just really like her. She's a great songwriter. And um, she put on a really good show, and that was really nice. And then the third act was someone I hadn't heard of before. Um, one of the new people I discovered, her name is Judith Hill. And she actually uh, used to be a backup singer for Michael Jackson and some other folks. And she was actually part of a documentary film called, I think it's called like 30 Feet From famous or something like that, all about backup singers. And she was featured in that film. And I really enjoyed her. She had a full band. Actually, um, one cute thing about her was uh, her dad was the guitar player and her mom played keyboard. And um, I thought that was pretty cool. She was younger. And I think her parents were probably about my age. And they had kind of this 70s rock sort of sound. It was, it was interesting. It wasn't what I was expecting when I knew she did like backup for Michael Jackson and that kind of thing, but she had a great voice and I hung out for, I didn't stay till the very end because it got pretty cold. Actually, I got pretty chilly. It was outside and I wasn't quite dressed for how cold it was. Actually, in the morning when I woke up, it was below freezing. I think it was like 28 degrees in the morning. So it was probably in the 
in like the low 40s. So I ended up going back to my van. I was probably asleep by 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. Uh, the next day, Saturday, was when I started volunteering. And the way it worked is I had two five-hour shifts working. And like I said, I was doing bike parking. And um, the thing about working during that shift was I essentially missed the entire daytime worth of music because my shift encompassed that whole time. So I think if I were to do it again next year, which I really hope to, I had such a great time. I think I would uh, plan my shifts a little differently, maybe do one shift of bike parking and then maybe one shift where I'm actually at a venue where I can watch the music, uh, like doing checking tickets at the door or something like that. But um, I really did enjoy working the bike parking. I specifically chose it because I did want to be involved in something that was kind of physically active. Uh, and so we would collect the bikes from people and park them. And then when they were ready to leave, we'd go grab their bikes off the rack and bring it back. And it was it was a fun, fun job. The time passed pretty quickly. We were near one of the venues, but not close enough that we could actually hear the music or anything from where we worked. So right when our shift ended was a two-hour dinner break. I went back to the van to see how Tucker was doing. And I was actually quite surprised to see that she seemed to have done really well. She seemed happy to see me, but she didn't seem stressed out that I had left her for a while. Um, and I also want to note that I have this device. It's called a waggle, and I'll link to it in the show notes. It is a, a temperature monitoring device for my van so that I can keep an eye on the temperature and make sure it's not getting too hot in there or too cold. And it will actually send me an alert if the temperature gets too high or too cold in there. So I did feel safe leaving her in the van. I made sure she had plenty of water and food and, and she did turn out to just, she was fine. So then I, I took a little break. I hung out at the van, let her out again, let her run around and, and play and stuff like that. And that evening, um, so Saturday, this was Saturday night now, and there was one act that I did want to see, Ruthie Foster. So I made my way over to the venue where she was playing, and I had planned to stick around for the second act at that venue as well. And uh, when they came on, it was a... Irish fiddle band kind of and I realized after like one song I was like oh I don't really like this music that much and so I thought I would go try you know see one of somebody else and so I wandered over to a different venue and sat down and again didn't really care for it and it was at that moment for the first time that I felt a little sad a little lonely and um, just like a little uncomfortable, you know, here I was all alone. I was kind of want, again, like this idea of like just being lonely and wandering and not really having a group of friends to connect up with or anything like that. That was kind of the only time that I really did feel that way. I ended up going back to the van for a little bit and just kind of cuddling with Tucker. I shed some clothes because that night I kind of overdressed based on the night before. And then I thought I'd head out again to catch um, the third act of the night. 
And as I was heading towards a venue that I was hoping to go to, I just heard this voice and it just drew me in. And I ended up just sitting in on the last couple songs again. And it turned out to be Judith Hill, the act I had seen the night before. So I just sat in on and she was playing kind of a different set. It was more it was more um, more like soul music than the night before, which was more like rock and roll. So I sat in on that and just really enjoyed it. And um, and as I was on my way, again, heading towards the band I was planning to see, which was a Zydeco band that my friend had told me to check out, I, uh, I, I again, I saw this crowd gathered and I heard this crazy music and it was this band called Hogslop String Band and they were just a really fun, raucous, bluegrass band, like really kind of taking bluegrass to a whole different level. These young guys, uh, really, really fun band. Um, and I just hung out and watched them for a while. And then I made my way over to where the Zydeco band was playing. And it took a lot. I was hanging out there for quite a while waiting for them to set up. They're a big band and they, it took a while. They were a little bit late getting started. And again, I hung out. I didn't stay till the very, very end of the night, but my feelings of loneliness, they were, they were gone. And I guess that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is I took a risk to go all by myself to this festival where I didn't know anyone else who was going to be attending. And I knew there might be moments where I would feel a little bit lost and lonely. And I did. And it was okay. You know, it was a feeling. I had it. I experienced it. And it passed. And then the rest of the weekend was really quite lovely. All I mean, I, I just, I'm still kind of beaming from it. I just had such a great time. So even though there was a moment where I was uncomfortable and maybe a little bit lonely, overall, it was such an amazing experience. And I guess that's why I wanted to talk about it, because I want to encourage other women who are thinking about doing something on their own that they wouldn't normally do because they're afraid they might get scared or get lonely or whatever. It's like, yeah, you might, but it's okay. They're just feelings and feelings pass. And we move on and we can learn from them. You know, if it was super uncomfortable and I was completely lonely the whole weekend, then maybe I would plan to come back the next year with a friend or something. But, but the truth is I had such a great time by myself. I got to do what I wanted to do aside from my volunteer shifts. And I just got to meet people. You know, I got to have connections with my neighbors and other people that were enjoying some of the same music that I did. Now, um, so Sunday, again, I was volunteering uh, one more day doing the bike parking, and Sunday daytime was the last bit of music. Like, the, the there was no evening performances on Sunday, and I was bike parking at a slightly different venue than the one I was at before, which was actually closer to one of the music venues so I could hear it from my seat. And I ended up volunteering with uh, another couple. They were a local couple. I really, really enjoyed them. It was so, we just kind of clicked and had a really fun time together. They had a really sweet story and, um, I don't know. There's something about them. I just really liked it. And also because there were three of us working this time, my earlier shift, there was only two of us. We could spell each other to go 
catch little bits of music here and there. And there was one act that I had been hearing about that I really wanted to see. And um, I did get to sneak out and go see most of her set. Um, her name it was Emily Scott Robinson. And I think she was probably my favorite new discovery of the weekend. She's um, She's got a new album coming out. It's on John Prine's label. So you can definitely hear the John Prine influence in her songwriting. She's a great songwriter. She writes some very poignant, meaningful songs, some very fun songs. And she's got a beautiful voice. And I think this is her first album coming out. So I'm excited to get that. And I might encourage you to check her out. I'll see if I can link. I'll link to my favorite bands in the show notes. So you guys can check those out if you want to. But then, um, you know, so Sunday, I basically worked through to the end to when the music ended uh, and just headed back, hung out with my new friends from the campground slash parking lot. We chatted about the things we saw, the way that we would do it differently next year. Um, and, you know, I'll talk about coming back again next year. And uh, we exchanged contact information and stuff like that. Um, and, then I, and then I left pretty early on Monday morning. We had to be out by 9 a.m. I had a sweet, lovely drive home, stopped at a really nice lake on the way between Portland and Sisters called Subtle Lake. There's a lodge there, and it's a really, it was a kind of a cloudy but beautiful fall day. I got to let Tucker run around a little bit by the lake. You know, got home mid-afternoon or so, and uh, and just had a great, great time. So I just really wanted to come on and talk about my experience doing something like this by myself, because I just, I just felt so good about it. I mean, I enjoy traveling by myself. I'm a solo traveler, but this was different. And I just like that I challenged myself to do it, that I volunteered at the events um, and that I got to see some really great music, had a great time, and met some really wonderful people. And I would encourage anyone who's maybe thinking about doing something similar to, to do it and not let your fears or hesitations stop you. So that's our show for the week. I hope you enjoyed it. I would love some feedback. You know, if you like this kind of format, if you want to hear me tell more stories, or if you really like the interviewing, this is kind of a new venture for me. So I'm open to hearing what your thoughts are and what you all think. So thanks again for listening. Um, you can find more content for solo women RVers over at travelswithsqueaky.com. And if you do like what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you would leave a review and subscribe to the podcast because it does help us out a lot. The Travels with Squeaky theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And if you'd like to uh, see me cover a specific topic, please feel free to email me at info at travelswithsqueaky.com. And don't forget, we're offering the RV Travel for Solo Women workshop this Sunday, October 17th. Spaces are limited, so do sign up today. Again, that's at TravelsWithSqueaky.com. Until next week, I'll see you out there on the road. Mm -hmm.